Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, uh, welcome to the Daydon Tolbert Show. I am your host, Daydon Tolbert. This is Keeping It Real Fridays. Almost forgot what day it was today, but uh, I'm happy to be, be uh, to be back here today. Um, Want to talk about a little bit of everything. Uh, if you guys are used to listening to this show over the years, you know that Fridays is historically one of those days where I tend to keep it, you know, realer than than you know than ever. Um, my last show, I'm being told the state of emergency show I did, uh, I think last week or the week before, was uh, I'm being told is one of um, one of the realists that I've kept it on issues like politics and uh, socioeconomics, you know, our community, uh, just really everything. And you know, and, and I, I like that title. I chose that title last week because you know I believe we are in a state of emergency, whether it's you know, the hurricanes around that time, the, the California fires, the state of our community, uh, wars, uh, just domestic civil civil rights issues. Uh, we really are in a state of emergency. And so I kind of want to continue that conversation today uh, and talk, a, you know, talk a little politics, talk about uh, some more spiritual uh, warfare that we're, that we're dealing with, um, you know, also some entertainment news. And so, uh, you know, I want to just jump right into it. Um, one, one of the things that I, you know, I do every year uh, and have been doing over the last several years is talking about Halloween, you know, this time of year. Uh, shout out to my homie Osho, uh, who, you know, every year, or really, I think about maybe at this point about four years ago, three or four years ago, we did a special on, uh, on Halloween and, and the origins of it. And so every time somebody asks me about you know, Halloween or really do an in-depth analyzation of the meaning of it, I don't even do it. I just kind of refer them to that show because there's nothing more that I can say now that wasn't said then, you know what I mean? So, you know, just Google Halloween um, and, and and listen to that particular show. He's a very knowledgeable guy, uh, minister, pastor, knows a lot about spirituality, spiritual warfare, and, um, yeah, that, that show was crazy. That was part of our Between Brothers series that we did uh, several years ago. Might even need to bring that back. Um, but I will say, what I will say about Halloween today, though, is, and I posted over in the Friends of the Data on October show group recently, you know, just do you celebrate it? And, you know, you see so many people, kids, parents, even the schools, uh, the media, the government, everybody, you know, getting so excited, you know, about this quote-unquote holiday and I'm just looking like you know, wow like 
what what are you excited about? What exactly are you celebrating? Funny, but it's unfortunate that so many people are excited about something and they have no idea where it originates from, what it means, what it represents. I mean, we're literally talking about, uh, you know, a satanic celebration, like an actual holiday in the Church of Satan, celebrating the dead, celebrating demons, celebrating darkness, mischief, evil, and Satan himself, right? I mean, and that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's a fact. That's not like, you know, this is a conspiracy thing. No, like, this is an act, like, if you, like, the Church of Satan is an actual uh, organization. It's an actual satanic uh, worship group, um, and it gets bigger and bigger. And this is something that goes back far, 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 you know, in the past, and it has always been a satanic celebration. I mean, you know, it darn sure isn't glorifying God, you know what I mean? Demons and monsters and goblins and witches. You know, the Bible talks specifically about witchcraft and uh, any type of pagan activities, evil monsters, uh, you know, all types of stuff. And so obviously we are supposed to, um, in fact, the Bible says right in Ephesians 5.11, to take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. So, I mean, and that's just one of many, many scriptures that, uh, you know, the Bible speaks about in regards to, you know, not um, getting involved in evil activities, pagan, ungodly Activities and now I'm not perfect. I'm not going to sit here and talk down y'all like I'm, you know, a saint. But you know, certain things, you know, it's like they're evil. Like they're blatantly evil. Like they're specifically put in place to celebrate evil. Halloween is one of those those things. So you know, and I just every year I try to just you know tell people who may be unfamiliar, like oh you know you may just think oh no it's just allowing the kids to get dressed up. But you got to understand that that has a, that, that represents something. You know, that, that represents um, something much, much greater and much, much more evil. Yeah, we're making light of it. Oh, just put on this, dress up as Iron Man, dress up as Spider-Man. No, nah, but back in the day, they actually really dressed up as goblins, and, and it, was, it was a whole process. And even still, you know, people who are actual Satanists, they actually, you know, still take it to a whole, whole much deeper and more evil level than just dressing up as a superhero, being wonder like it's deeper than that. So we're just piggybacking off of something that is blatantly evil. And I cannot stress that enough that, you know, you know as Christians, we have to take no part in, in the unfruitful works of darkness. Why do you think everything is at, at nighttime? Uh, why do you think that, um, you know, the night before Halloween is, is mischief night? Now let's get into some trouble. You know, why do you think the media had puts out these movies called uh, – uh, despicable me and uh, minions. You know, a minion is is an evil follower of someone looking to do evil. You know, I, I took I made the horrible mistake of taking my daughter to see Minions a few years ago, and I, you know, I was just like, I couldn't believe it. And like, it's just my point is, it's like this an there's an agenda to uh, to to convince, really to blur the lines between good and evil. 
You know, if you make your kids' movie, you assume, you just kind of naturally assume it's, oh, if this is for kids, be good. But that's no longer the case. These kids' movies are now actually evil. I'm watching it, and they're, like, trying to kill people and just committing all types of crimes. And I was just just flabbergasted. I'm still flabbergasted. Um, You know, that's how bad it's gotten Um, in entertainment, you know, in the government. I mean, it's all over. But, yeah, that's that's my little spiel uh, around Halloween. One of the things I'll say, I want to move on. I want to talk about uh, social media for a little bit. Um, then we'll talk a little politics, talk a little like the entertainment news, a lot of things, do a little bit of uh, ass state on uh, a little bit. <clears throat> but I said on online that it's important to understand that everyone on your Facebook friends list is not your friend. And, and you know, sometimes I struggle. I get it. Like I know how it goes. You know, it's, you have people that sometimes you're just accepting a request from or someone is isn't necessarily your friend. It's just someone you're cool with or someone you just know from someone else. I mean, I get it. But I guess I'm old school, you know, in the sense that, you know, I feel like your friends your friends. I take that term very seriously. And so and I don't have a lot of friends. I have a few friends that are very good friends, um, people I've known for many years. Um, Ultra was one of those people I mentioned, you know, uh, you know, and a few other people. But, you know, I, I feel like when people show themselves, like actively show, you know, you, you're cool people, and, you know, they don't do anything, you don't really talk to them, they don't talk to you, but there's never been an issue. So it's like, okay, whatever, they can stay on the list. But I feel like when people actively show you that they're not, you know, when people actively, you know, insult you or, you know, even you, know, you talk, you know, see a lot of uh, subliminal posts out here. Just stupid. I feel like at that point, <laughs> there's really no reason to leave them on your friends list. And I know that would, that even sounds crazy, even have to say. But you look around social media, and it's just like filled with fakeness, fake individuals, fake family, fake friends. And I'm not with the fakeness. This is keeping it real Friday. So I would rather just delete you. I'd rather remove you from my space. You know, like for example. You know, there are people on my list, or excuse me, people who were on my list who, you know, I could put up a picture of my son. I could put up a picture of my daughter, or my daughter, you know, getting chosen student of the month or something like that, you know, and, and that person would just totally ignore it, which is, you know, whatever, that's fine. I don't care about that. I'm not here for likes. But you, you, you ignore something like that, but then you'll want to argue and debate about something else that I have to say in regards to politics or something. I have, trust this enough, absolutely no tolerance for that whatsoever. You know what I mean? And that maybe I'm, I'm sensitive in that way, but I, like I said, I take friendship and, and even social me- media seriously in the sense that if you don't like me or I don't like you or I feel like it, I'd rather just not even be around you at all. You know, and I just kind of feel like that's how we should all live life because, you know, who, who really has time for the fakeness, right? So that's just how I feel about that. Um, politics. You know, I, I just have a couple of things I wanted to mention in regards to Donald Trump, a couple of things in regards to Clinton. Um, just from a general perspective, though, I said, on, I said this on social media, politics should never dictate your level of 
happiness. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if you wake up thinking about Donald Trump or, you know, if he says something stupid or he says something dumb, then that just messes up your whole day. I think that's a problem. You know, I think that if you're like, I don't really care enough because I know what it is. Like, I know how the government works. So nothing he can say really makes me mad to the point where it's going to affect my day. Um, so, you know, if you understand how this stuff works, that's the job of the media, right? That's, that's ironically, that's actually the job of the government and the media, this one and the same, to distract you. They want you so mad about this issue so that you can't even think about the real issue. You know, I mean, I said online, I was talking to somebody, I said, if you're if you're that mad about Donald Trump, I said you must be pissed off at the people who are really pulling the strings. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what what do people think was going on before Donald Trump got in office? I mean, do you think the world just got messed up? You think the country just got messed up? You think it all of a sudden became a racist environment? No, like are you crazy? There are people that have been behind the scenes pulling the strings, evil individuals, the government, the last eight years, 20 years, 30 years. Nothing is different. Nothing is going to be different. You know, next it's going to be a different president in a few years, and then another one in a few years after that. It's going to be the same old, same thing. The agenda will not change. The agenda of inciting race war, distracting with, you know, dividing and conquering. What best way for the government to control its people than to divide them. Divide and conquer is something that is just a fundamental, you know, recipe, you know, game plan for, for any type of uh, just war, you know, divide and conquer. You divide the country into black versus white. See, but then but see, to understand that, you have to understand that there is an agenda to actually conquer, then that the government is not here to help us the government is here to control us. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's just fact. You know, they they want to put a military state into effect, martial law, uh, removing the guns from the people, um, you know, increasing the, the size of government, increasing the control that the government has over its people. What do you think Obamacare was really about? Before, you could basically choose, you know, choose your health care, choose what you want to do with health care, whether you want to have it or not have it how much you want to spend on it. Well, now, you know, it's like anything else. You're forced to have it. And if you choose not to have it, you're going to be penalized. Um, you know, and there's so many other of those same types of laws that are being disguised as, um, you know, helping the people, but it's really designed to control the people, to increase the government's control over its citizens. Okay, there's going to become a time, you know, one police shooting too many and one riot too many, then the government is going to, you know, really start cracking down. What do you think all this, this, this whole, even Donald Trump is being used to push the agenda. Obama pushed a, a particular part of the agenda. Trump is pushing another part of the agenda. Remember he said, oh, yeah, I'm, I might have to send the military to Chicago. You know, y'all keep, y'all keep messing around. I'm going to send the, the military out there. That wasn't just an empty threat. What do you think is really going to happen? You know what I mean? Like that's it's not. He may not be the one to do it, but you know, a couple of presidents from now, that's going to be going to be you know, military the military presence. Remember Tiananmen Square? They wanted to get out there and protest. 
Some of y'all don't know what Tiananmen Square is. Look it up. They start firing on the, on the crowd. All that stuff is coming to the United States. So, and a lot of that stuff that I'm talking about is being foreshadowed in, in these television shows. I posted a few years ago, uh, 24, the best show of all time. They, they actually had it. Like, it was actually a whole episode basically foreshadowing exactly how it's going to be with this whole military, curfews and military presence, you know, in the midst of a lot of these quote-unquote political and social protests. Uh, yeah, man, it's getting crazy. Speaking of absolute foolishness, CBS News and many other news uh, outlets reported that the Clinton campaign financed, you know, I said surprise, surprise, this whole Donald Trump uh, investigation into Russia. Now, I don't know if you've been watching the news, but I told you all back then that that whole thing was absolute BS. I told you about three years ago exactly what was going to happen. I mean, I said all this. If you guys don't remember, look up my show on the Boston Bombs, and I specifically walked in. This was, what, four or five years ago when all that happened. I said what was going to happen four or five years later, and this is exactly what's going on with Russia. I said Russia is going to become public enemy number one. Every, I said, I don't know how they're going to do it, but everything is going to point towards Russia, and they're going to basically push this agenda uh, that's going to lead and set the stage for us ultimately going to war with Russia because Russia has certain alliances with, with places that we have a military and, and political interest in and overtake it. And, um, you know, unfortunately, that's what's happening now. And so Donald Trump is basically being used as a scapegoat to, to push that agenda. Oh, yeah, he must have ties to Russia. Come on. Come on, stop it. I mean, this, the United States does, is known to do business with terrorists. You know, the Bushes, the Obamas, like all these people, the Clintons, they've been doing actual business with terrorists, known terrorists, you know, military, you know, selling military weapons, like all types of stuff. The United States is the most corrupt country in the world. And, and we have the audacity to all of a sudden, oh, yeah, You've got ties to Russia. Well, ties to Russia, what about these Middle Eastern ties? What about these Saudi ties? You know, these terrorist ties that the United States has, has always had. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what the heck? So, I mean, we got to stop believing all this foolishness, all the fake news, and all the and feeding into the distractions from uh, the real issues. All right? So, now, speaking of Trump, um, this whole, you know, another distraction um, was this whole conversation, this phone call that was made to Maisha Johnson, the wife of uh, the soldier who was killed, um, you know, fighting for this country. It, you know, and one of the reasons why I really tried not to watch the, the mainstream media news is because it's so biased, it's so... Um, it's just all lies. It's nothing but lies. It's nothing but foolishness. And the here's I mean you guys may have been following the story. This gold star uh, soldier, you know, um, w- was killed in action. And Donald Trump has been placing these phone calls to the widows, to the families of these these fallen soldiers, which from my perspective, is is a good thing. Um, I think it's a good thing when any president or any person in in power takes time, family, that lost a loved one. 
many of you know my brother was killed um, fighting in in the in the United States government, the the army, and uh, you know, so that's a, that's a that's a sensitive subject, and I think that you know we should be more uh, empathetic to that. Um, we need to take better care of our veterans. Um, and that's one of the things that I, I, I like about uh, Donald Trump's platform when running. I'm not sure how much he's done for that since he's been in office, but that was one of the things that stood out to me, like, wow, we, we, t- we do not do a good job of taking care of our veterans. We don't do a good job of taking care of these families. Obama did a piss-poor job of that. It's never really been good. The Bushes didn't. Nobody has really done a great job of taking care of veterans. And so that was something I was like, wow, okay, maybe we can um, – you know, do a better job of that with this administration. But as far as this phone call goes, I haven't heard the phone call. I've heard what was said on the phone call, and I don't have a lot to say about the phone call because I haven't heard it. I don't, from my understanding, it has not been released. I know what people have said was said by Trump and by the widow and by the, you know every you know people who've heard it. But um, I'm not going to jump to conclusions. And maybe I'm just a different type of person with a background in investigative journalism. But I'm not just going to say, oh, you know, this congresswoman said that this is what Donald Trump said to the widow. And then a few weeks later, the widow actually says, oh, yeah, this is what Donald Trump said. And then I just, oh, okay, then that's what happened. You know, I don't, that's just not how I do things. Um, Because I know, I know, I know how things work. Now, that's not to say that Donald Trump didn't say that, and it's quite possible that he did say it. But I'm not just going to all of a sudden assume that what the widow was saying is true or what I'm saying. Like, people lie. Not to say that she's lying, but people do lie. Politicians lie. People in in similar situations lie. Presidents lie. So I don't know who's telling the truth. So I'm just going to keep it moving because we don't know. Like, certain things, I think one of the things we got to understand is, Certain things we'll never know. No one knows everything. We don't know what really happened on the night when Trayvon Martin was killed. We don't really know what happened when Philando Castile was killed. We don't really know. We can speculate about a lot of things, right? But at the end of the day, certain things, there just aren't enough facts. And that's how I like to base my life off of on is facts. What happened? You know, not what people say happened, not what it looks like happened, but what actually happened. If we have information that proves certain things definitively, or, or, oh, that's great. Things we just will never know. Will we ever know what Donald Trump said to the widow? Do, do we know if he said he knew what he signed up for? Can anyone prove that? I had, Like, if you've heard the tape, let me know. I haven't heard that. I didn't hear him say he knew what he signed up for. If he said that, that would be a cold-hearted thing to say. But am I 100% convinced that that's what he said? No. Now, I posted another call, you know, from Donald Trump that was made public, you know, on, on uh, my Facebook page, and it was a very nice call. Um, I didn't hear the media showing that. This isn't, oh, let's defend Donald Trump, but it's, we got it. my point is we got to stop with the media bias. We got to stop with the media propaganda. We got to stop believing everything that we read, see, and hear. Okay, because like ninety percent of it, if it's coming from CNN, 
it's coming from Fox News, if it's coming from in MSNBC, chances are it's it's fake. Okay, so that's uh, what I wanted to discuss. Everyone's been talking about that for the last few weeks, and I've been itching to offer my opinion on that. Now, I, I mentioned online that you know George Bush all of a sudden he's been in hiding, he's been chilling, golfing somewhere, who knows what he's doing. Now all of a sudden he wants to come out and speak about race relations and speak about this and that, and, and, and people are jumping on the bandwagon. Oh, this and that, he's great. I, I said the same thing about Eminem a couple of weeks ago. Eminem wants to all of a sudden jump in. People just want to be famous. People want to be trending. People want to be what who who people are talking about. You know, they whatever is the hot issue, then they come out and they want to talk about it. You know, not to really offer anything constructive or to really make a difference, but to just fuel the fire. And I really can't stand people who do that. You know, so I said, all of a sudden, black folk love George Bush, and he's the voice of reason and equality. Come on. You know, we we just got to stop the foolishness. Colin Kaepernick is now uh, evidently signed a book deal, a $1 million book deal to uh, tell his story. Um, He's he's suing the NFL for collusion, which I mentioned a few days ago. Colin Kaepernick, stop it. Okay? I I, I mean, at at some point, the foolishness has to stop. Okay. I mean, at some at, at what my question is: At what point do we stop the foolishness? I mean, really, it's serious. Colin, I've been talking about Colin Kaepernick for the last several, you know, months. You know, off and on. I mean, Colin Kaepernick, um, he did what he did. You know, he I respect what he did for. There's a major problem in this country with civil rights, civil, you know, equality. Um, and he took a stand by taking a knee. And and he did that. Like, I'm, I'm fine with him doing that. Okay, I have no problem with him doing that. I shouldn't say that. As I told you last week, I do, I do actually have a problem with the way that he did that. I don't have a problem with the protest. I personally don't think uh, protesting during the national anthem is is the appropriate way to to protest. I wouldn't do that. I don't believe that that's the right time. But I do respect his protest. Um, I think that, and so I had no problem with that in that sense. But all right, it's you made your decision. You you're a fool if you didn't think there was going to be backlash. You're reap you're you're seeing the effect of that that bash, backlash, and so deal with it. You know, deal with it, and everyone else deal with it. You know, if you're big and bad enough to take a stand for a particular issue that you're passionate about, I respect that, but deal with the consequences. And I'm not talking about him specifically, but his followers, you know, his followers. Deal with the – I mean, it is what it is, you know. And so I think that we need to really focus on – if we want to focus on something, let's let's focus on the real problem in society, because it darn sure is not police. And I, I'm not, not to go on a whole, you know, long tangent on the real problem, because that's what really the vast majority of my state of emergency show last week was about, talking about the real problem, um, which is us, 
You know what I mean? The real problem is us. You know, blacks killing blacks is the real problem. You know, no matter how we look at it, that is that's a fact. I mean, you know, numbers don't lie. We are killing each other at alarming rates. Um, and I mean, if you, even if you look at the homeless, you know, people are mad that Colin Kaepernick is unemployed. But what about the actual unemployed? You know what I mean? Like people who are ag- not millionaires that are unemployed, but actual unemployed and homeless, destitute families. I'm talking about who can't even feed their kids. You know, I think that's what we should be protesting. I mean, think about it. You're, you want to protest the NFL, what are you willing to protest in the black community? Because that's, you know, protest, you know, boycott buying weed for a week. Or, I mean, what can we protest to show our disgust with ourselves? Not with the NFL, not with the police system, not with the criminal justice system, but with us. That's what we should, we got to figure out. I said online that if you think that police are the biggest threat to young black men, I said then you're greatly out of touch with the reality of the hood. So here's the, the reality. If you don't know the reality of the hood, let me tell you the reality of the hood. This is how the hood works. You step on someone's shoe, that person shoots you, right? That person shoots you. And then you and your friends, you come back and you shoot that person. And then that person, their friends, come back and shoot you and hit your daughter or cousin or nephew in the crossfire. And, you know, and then it's like this big, whole big community, you know, war over someone stepping on someone's shoe. Now, granted, these are shootouts in broad daylight after school or early evening or whatever, and no one in the in the community sees anything. I mean, well, it's people outside seeing everything, ducking for cover. But when the police come to actually ask what happened so that we can solve the crime and actually bring the justice that people are protesting about wanting, but nobody saw anything or heard anything. Wait, weren't you outside when the shooting started? Oh, yeah, I was outside. I just didn't see anything. I didn't, no, I didn't see nothing. Wait, but the guy that did it, he, he lives on this block, right? Here's a picture of you actually speaking to the guy the other day, but you don't know him? No, I don't know him. Oh, okay. But you want justice, right? You're, you're, you're actually the one hiding the, the murder weapon. You know where it's hidden, but you didn't, you didn't see anything. So my point is that type of hypocrisy is rampant in our community. No one saw anything, but everyone wants justice. But that's when it's the when – the, when the, assailant, you know, is black. When the shooter is white, when the shooter is a white cop, oh, that changes everything. Everyone sees, you got the cell phone videos, you know, you got all types of eyewitnesses. Like, no, I saw him. I saw the cop shoot him. I saw the whole thing. It was that cop right there. That's the one. Here's the video. I got it on my phone. You know? People will record and world star videos from, from fights in the hood, but when the shooting starts, nobody sees anything. On the flip side of that, if someone by chance actually does see something and actually does decide to do the right thing in the hood, then what happens? You know, you know actually, officer, I did see what happened. It was, it was, it was Tyrone. Yep, he lives right there. And he, he, you know, he, they got, he stepped on his foot. And so because he stepped on Tyrone's foot, Tyrone got his gun and he shot him. You know, it was him. 
What happens, unfortunately, is a few days later, the person who was brave enough to actually tell what happened, Tyrone's buddies go and shoot that person and shoot up his whole house, kill him, and intimidating the rest of his family. And anyone else who has the bright idea to actually you know, to snitch, that's the real problem in the community. That's the hypocrisy in the black community. Black lives matter except when the assailant is anyone other than a black, excuse me, a white cop. And I think we need to get rid of we gotta get rid of that that mentality. And I'm not listen, I'm not the one who is here to say, you know, let's all start snitching. Let's all start, you know, going against the code of the streets. That's not my issue. Because, I, like I said, I know what it is. I understand the, the hood. I'm not from the hood, but I understand it better than most. So I'm not here to get anyone killed or get anyone's family killed and say, oh, yeah, if you, if you see a shooter, go tell the cops what you saw because you probably will be killed. You know, that's that's a fact. That's not like, oh, let's scare someone. No, you will be killed. if you, That's the irony. We say we will. Colin Kaepernick is kneeling for justice. The whole NFL now all of a sudden wants to kneel for justice. Stand with Colin Kaepernick. Right? That's, that's the whole movement for justice. But the moment you try to bring justice in your own community where it's most needed, then you get your family killed. You and your family get killed. You can't go back home. You've got to move. How is that justice? But more importantly, how is that black lives matter? When you can't even bring about justice for your own people, but you want to bring justice when it's someone else. So you guys get it, you know. And I, like I said, I spent a lot of time talking about that uh, that that whole situation last week on my State of Emergency show, probably one of one of my top three realist shows in history, in my in my opinion. Um, and that's a long history. We're talking about over twelve years of of shows, but I, I felt like I really had a lot to say on last week, and um, that's what I did. One of the other things, this isn't going to. I'll tell you guys right now, this isn't going to be a super long show. I, I wasn't even going to do a show today, to be quite honest with you, but. Add some extra time. I figure I'll come live a little bit to uh, to just talk about a few things. Um, but one of the things that I had a, a major issue with, um, and, and have always really had an issue with, going back years since I was a child, was the fact that our community doesn't support things that we should support. We don't support TV shows. We should support. We don't support entertainers. We should support. We don't support movies we should support. We don't really support anything that we should support, but we support a lot of negativity. I told you guys last week that this week there was going to be a major, one of the, the biggest concerts in Philadelphia, Powerhouse. you got all types of you know, people performing. Not one of them has a positive message. Cardi B, you know, 21 Savage, I don't even know if he's there, but you know, just using him as an example, those types of individuals, little Uzi, um, you know, just people who are pushing a message, you know, Meek Mill, obviously, you know, guns, drugs, murder, you know, artists who have actively sold their souls for fame and fortune, um, you know, that type of stuff. And, and it's 
those are the types of people that we support as a community. But then when a movie, you know, celebrating the life and showing the origin of one of our greatest leaders, Thurgood Marshall, comes out, you know, we don't support that. It's a disgrace. I mean, it's it's, it's really horrible. And, it, and the funny thing is, there's really a a, a a greater agenda at work. Because really, let me just do some history with y'all. So, and I talk about this every year, but specifically this time last year. And you know, Facebook shows you on your your your, your timeline the, the the memories. So, what exactly did you post a year ago today? So I did that on on the other day. I'm like, wow. Medea came out. Medea, boo, what is it, boo? Medea Halloween came out last year, right? Last Friday, this time last year. But back then, that was the same. That was the same weekend, you know, that uh, that a birth, that birth of a nation came out. And it may not even have been the same weekend, but it might have been the, the the previous weekend that Birth of a Nation came out. But in my, it, it, it doesn't matter. You see what I'm saying? Whether it came out the same weekend, whether it came out the weekend before, the fact of the matter is Birth of the, Birth of the Nation was a, a flop by Hollywood standards. You know what I'm saying? Because Mainly because we did not support it. I mean, a film about Nat Turner and Uprising, one of our greatest leaders, you know? I mean, we don't, we don't support that. But yet, in contrast, right around the same time, Medea, who represents buffoonery and coonery, y'all like calling people coons, but we don't. We are our own coons. We are the coons. What do you think, you know, Medea is? That's the epitome of, of a, a a buffoon, a buffoonish image, a buffoonish character. You don't get more buffoonery, more buffoonish than Medea. Modern day buffoonery and coonery, right? That's all it is. And so we will run out and support that, but ignore. But there are people out here who still have never seen Birth of a Nation. And I'm not knocking you, but oh, I know I am. I am knocking. If you don't care about your own history, that's a problem. Like, fine, you can't see it. I, I haven't seen Marshall yet, but I'm going to because I care. Like, I want to see a movie about Thurgood Marshall. I'm not going to sit and lie to you all like, oh, no, I didn't see it. But I'm not a I'm not a nigger. I'm not a coon. I'm not someone who will go see Medea and not give a damn about Thurgood Marshall, which a lot of trust and believe. A lot of people have no idea who Thurgood Marshall is or why they should care about a, a movie about his life. I would that would never be me. Someone who just doesn't care. But there are people who would rather go see Medea than than just to understand about the life of Thurgood Marshall. There are people who would rather see Medea. You know, or watch Love and Hip Hop or whatever it is, Scandal or you know, black women out here being hoes on TV, than, than to see a movie about Nat Turner. You know, and, and when the Frederick Douglass movie comes out, or whenever they decide all these new movies that are probably coming out in the future that will not be supported by the black community, but then we'll have the audacity to, com- to complain that <laughs> there are no movies about our people. I say this every year Red Tails. George Lucas said if Red Tails could make. 20 million opening weekend. He'd make it a trilogy. Ain't no more red tails getting made. Why? Because it only barely did, it probably did like 13, 14 million. Uh, Birth of a Nation only did like 9 million. Uh, Marshall only did 
five million. Five million dollars. That's embarrassing. That's really embarrassing. Five million opening weekend? But Medea did uh, this Medea did twenty one million. Last year's Medea did over thirty million. And the Medea before that did well all the Medeas before that usually do about forty million. This is, I think, probably the least successful Medea movie at twenty million. But Marshall five million, Matt Turner nine million. Like, what is this? Y'all know Malcolm X really didn't make a lot of money, right? It's it's known as a historic film and a classic film, but commercially, Ali was not a successful movie with Will Smith. That movie only did about thirteen, maybe eleven to thirteen million opening weekend. We we are some freaking bastards in our community for not. I mean, our, we make movies about our greatest leaders, the greatest leaders, and we don't even go see. Them. I shouldn't say we. Excuse me. I shouldn't say we. We make these movies because it's not us making the movies in most cases. These are white movies. Red Tails was not a black movie. That's a white movie because George Lucas made. It. He's white as, you know. He's white as can be. So a lot of these movies are not black films. Some of them are. But most of them are white films being made for black people to tell our story, and we still don't support them. That's a real problem. But watch this. Now watch this. Chadwick Boseman, great actor. He played Jackie Robinson in 42. He played James Brown in uh, whatever the heck the movie was called. And now he's playing, he played Thurgood Marshall. Three, I haven't seen Marshall. I saw the other two. I'm assuming three great performances, from what I hear, great performance. And y'all know none of those movies were financially successful, right? You guys know the black community didn't support Jackie Robinson. (laughs) He didn't support Marshall. He didn't support James Brown. We didn't support Nat Turner. He didn't support uh, Malcolm X. We didn't support Ali. We didn't support Selma. What, real quick, just a quick question. What the hell is wrong with us? What's wrong with us as a people? I just named all these black leaders, and, and we didn't support these films, but Black Lives Matter. My fault. That's just a, that's just a catchphrase, right? I mean, it must be. If you look at all the killings that go on in Chicago, you look at the fact that we don't support our own people, Look at our, the fact that a lot of these kids can't even read. These kids know Cardi B, but they have no idea who who Frederick Douglass is. You know what I mean? Paul Robeson. These kids have no idea about their history. It's disgusting. And these parents nowadays, the parents don't even know. See, what I got to understand is a lot of things. Most of the things that I know, and I like to think I'm a pretty you know educated person. I've gone to good schools, don't get me wrong, and I'm thankful and appreciative of the schools that I've gone to. But what y'all have to understand, what you guys hear from me on this show and how I present myself on social media or if you know me in person or whatever, I'm educated because of my family. See, what y'all have to understand, if you rely on it, you cannot blame the school system for these kids not being smart not being able to read for these kids, not being able to understand where they come from. 
That's not the that's not the school's job. We think it is. We'd like to act like it is. We want to blame the public school system for your kids not being able to read. I teach. I taught my daughter to read. My wife taught my daughter to read. My mom taught my my daughter to read. My 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 father taught my daughter to read. You know, my village is 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 the reason why she's excelling in first grade. The school is great. Don't get me wrong. School is cool, but we we're doing that. That's how it should be. So if your kid is ten and can't read, that's not the school's fault. That's your fault. That's you know what I'm saying. That, that's your family's fault. But these kids know about love and hip hop. They know about Jay Z. They know about Lil Wayne. You guys see how that works? That's not how it should be. They know about young twenty what twenty one Savage and Little Uzi and Young Thug, Yo Gotti. The hell? I, I could go on and on about it, but we gotta we gotta we gotta do better. All right. What else is going on out here? But you know, please, real quick, please go go see Marshall. You know, I mean, seriously, don't, don't, when Black Panther comes out, I'm gonna go see it. You're gonna go see it. Everybody and their freaking mother is gonna go see Black Panther, which is fine, and as you should. But go see Marshall. Go see a movie about Thurgood Marshall. You know what I mean? Go watch Birth of a Nation. Go buy Birth of a Nation. Don't be a nigger. Let me just say, I mean, no disrespect, but don't be a freaking nigger. Because you know what a nigger is? You know, when we were slaves, okay, they used that term to describe us because we were ignorant. But the difference was we had no choice. We weren't allowed to read, right? We were forced to be ignorant. And so that's what they called us. Now we actually have a choice, okay, of whether or not we can be a nigger or not. You were, we were niggers back then, but we had no choice, right? We, we have choices now. You don't have to be a nigger. You don't have to be out here being ignorant. You can know about your history. You can care. You know, you, you, don't, you, you don't have to just go to the polls and start pushing buttons just to be, to be able to post your little selfie saying you voted or put that little sticker on and say you voted. Half the people don't even know what they're who or what they're voting for. Oh, yeah, I'm just gonna, I don't know who the hell this person is. Let me just go press the button just so I can post on Facebook that I voted. I mean, you know, that's what people do, right? I mean, you know, no one actually knows after, about these, these, uh, these candidates, you know, and we wonder why things aren't changing because we're not educating ourselves rather than being like, hey, look, you know what, I didn't vote, you know what I'm saying, because I didn't really take the time to do research on I have no problem with that. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather you not vote than to vote for someone that you probably shouldn't vote for. I'd rather just say, no, I didn't vote, which is cool. You know? What else is going on out here? This is um, October, and October has historically been uh, Domestic Violence Awareness uh, Month. If you guys have followed me over the years, I've I've done, I want to say, at least nine or ten special domestic violence specials where I've had actual, you know, many guests who came on to the show to tell their stories of assault, rape, violence, other forms of violence, and um, they've always been really good shows, and I think it's about time for me to do another one, but they're all, you know, check, I posted the link recently for, for one of the better ones where we, I had at least five or six women on there talking, 
about you know what they've done or what they've been through, how they've overcome. Um, and what we see now going on and trending in the news is this whole Me Too movement, which I believe I understand was started by Alicia uh, Milano, Alyssa Milano, excuse me, and um, you know this whole Harvey Weinstein, um, you know assault and all these allegations. Um, you know, I don't know too much about him, don't really care to, but. Um, if if all of those allegations are true, I, I you know pray for those women um, and hope he's brought to justice. We'll see how that plays out. But um, what I will say about this is, you know, if you know someone, you know, who is who is enduring, you know, getting punched in the face, kicked, you know, verbally assaulted, you know, help them, you know, leave and, and encourage them to leave and get help. There's a lot of different you know, outlets for them to leave. Because this is something that you don't see, like just as a counselor myself, you know, the vast majority of, of women that I've worked with have, have been abused in some way, whether it was raped, whether it was molested as children, whether it was, you know, punched, um, all types of stuff I've heard. I've, I've heard and seen it all. So just encourage them and pray for them. Um, but, yeah, definitely a, a, a good uh, – you know, I'm glad to see that this is a topic that is getting some 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 national exposure. Um, sad that it has to be because it's a Hollywood executive doing this stuff, but whatever it takes, I'm glad people are, are you know are, are taking some time and actually you know talking about it. Uh, what else is going on? Tamar and Vince. You know, I wanted to talk briefly about them. Not not just to gossip, not just to you know, yeah, another divorce, but. Yeah, and I'm not here to sell, yeah, I predicted that, but as you guys know, I do this for a living. I talk about this type of stuff for a living, and um, I posted the link. If you guys are in the Friends of the Data on Tolbert Show group, you know, um, you saw it, but I posted the TMZ link, but then under that, I, I posted the, um, you know, the archives from my special that I did on the Braxton. And it was many years ago. It was about six or seven years ago that I did that, but I remember like it was today. You know, I did about a two- or three-hour show. I don't remember who my co-host was at that time, but maybe Gerald, maybe Courtney, maybe Morgan, who, you know, not sure who it was. But I remember it being a very classic show because I systematically went through and discussed what we saw play out on television from each of the Braxton sisters. And it wasn't just to, to bash them, but it was basically to illustrate in a very real way you know, how emotional unavailability, unavailability comes in different forms. You know, if, and if, you know, I said I talked a lot about Tony, talked about Tamar, Tawanda, um, I don't remember the other women's names, all in their own way are extremely emotionally unavailable. And, and you know, and I remember specifically saying that, you know, Tamar, ironically, was probably one, had one of the better personalities as what, you know, as shown on the, on the show, as seen on the show. And I said that, you know, I said I liked her better than ever. She, they gave her a hard time, and you know, I just said, "Oh no, she's the worst." And this and that. I said, uh, "No, nah, she." I said something about her. I said, "You know, yeah, she has her issues with her, but she she seems to be one of the more likable, for lack of a better term." I said, "Still, still emotionally unavailable as any of them. I will still be single, you know, just like the rest of them." 
Um, and someone said, well, you know, I forget somebody might have commented on her calling the show. You know she's married to Vince, though, right? Yeah, I said, yeah, I watched the show. I said, yeah, she's married to Vince. But she's, you know, that, that that's going to end. And I remember, like, it was just, and, you know, and a lot of people don't understand how the concept of emotional, and the, and the archives are there. You guys want to take a listen, just Google the Braxtons on the Dayton Tolbert show to, you know, from seven years ago, and you'll, you'll hear it for yourself. But and I'm, I'm not here to say I told you so, but what I am here to say is if you are hurting, you know, you should not be dating. If you are, you know, in any form of emotionally unavailable state, whether that's because of past, you know, childhood issues or, you know, whatever the reason is, you, you got to just chill because when you date, you're only going to attract the liars, the dogs, the cheaters, the players, or, or the Vincent Herberts, you know what I mean? And I'm just going to leave it there, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's who you attract when you're emotionally unavailable. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now if you're cool with that, then, you know, do what you want to do. But I don't think you want the Vincent Herbert. And that's not to say that he's not a nice guy, but I don't think you want the Vincent Herbert. You know, I'm not here to make friends. I'm not going to lie to y'all. You know, do, do it the right way. You know, one of the things I saw online, you know, uh, evidently, uh, what is this, Tony Braxton is, is supposedly married to Birdman. Now, if you heard that show that I did all those many years about, and Tony being the like the most emotionally unavailable of them all, you know, be clear about that. You know, she's now dating or maybe even possibly married to Birdman. The the put some respect on my name, the whole kissing little Wayne on the mouth, the the you know, all types of crap. And if that, but again, if that's who you want to end up with. You know, if Kanye West is who you want to end up with, if Jay-Z is who you want to end up with, I mean, the list goes on and on, then you just disregard everything that I'm saying. But I'm pretty sure, see, one of the things you guys got to understand, you look at Halloween, you look at all the these celebrities selling their souls, you look at these celebrity sacrifices, all types of stuff, these crazy things going on, evil things are going on. One of the things you got to understand is that, you know, it, it's it's impossible to be a celebrity and and live your life in a manner that's pleasing to God. I posted this scripture the other day. I don't have it in front of me, but you guys have all heard it. But it's it's it's. I'll just paraphrase. It's more likely, it's easier to for a camel to fit through the the eye of a needle than it is for a rich person, a celebrity person to make it into heaven. And, and it's, very, it's one of the more deep scriptures you'll ever read because if you really understand how evil the entertainment industry is and how it's set up, be a celebrity and still love, and love Jesus Christ. Why? Because you're forced to throw up satanic symbols, hand signs, you know, colors, all types of craziness, adopt demonic and satanic ideologies. Like, you ever notice, like, every every uh, celebrity loves Halloween? You ever notice that? They get so excited. And you hear these interviews. Oh, what are you getting dressed up for Halloween? Oh, yeah, I'm doing this and that and that. They're so excited about it. Every single celebrity. Show me a celebrity that's not excited about stuff like Halloween. Show, but more importantly, show me a celebrity who doesn't support homosexuality because of their Christian beliefs. 
No, there are none. You can, that's the whole thing. So my point is, is that you can't do, you can't be a celebrity. You can't live that type of lifestyle. And we as believers should not fire. A lot of these people, they love reality, reality TV because they want to live vicariously through these celebrities. The Bible says we should take no parts. We should not be envious of that lifestyle because it's, it's evil. One of the things that I put, well, funny thing I was I was meant to tell you earlier that Tony Braxton and I talked about this from time to time. I never I never forget this. They they I forget what award show it was, but Tony Braxton was on stage performing with Trey Songs, and at the end of the song, they kissed. It's like a long, deep, passionate kiss. And this is Tony Braxton, who's darn near forty, or excuse me, fifty. Uh, she's getting up there, and she's kissing at that point someone who's like twenty. God, but then a couple of weeks later, Chase Songs comes out with the mixtape, talking about something, this and that, da 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 da. If I I find someone grown, if I want to have someone grown, I'll call up Tony to F U C K, something to that effect. And he put that in the song, like he's saying, I'll call, I want someone grown, and I call up Tony. I'm like, whoa. So you're you you basically let now. He could just been saying that, but chances are she let Trey Song smash. Ain't that some crap? And if you really listen, go back to that show and listen, six, seven years ago, how I talked about the emotional unavailability of Tony Braxton, it's really not hard to understand, you know, why she would do something like that. You know, it's crazy. One of the things I want to talk about, one of the last things I want to talk about, I posted a, you know, a, a list of, of things on Facebook. I put how to be popular on Facebook, how to be accepted on Facebook. And, and I wanted to just kind of unpack it a little bit. I mean, I put it up there um, last week, but I wanted to talk about how to be popular. If you look at social media, uh, number one, and these are in no particular order, but you got to worship Beyonce. Have you ever noticed that, you know, sometimes people have get into these little beefs, these little, you know, social media back and forth. You ever, you know, people say different. You ever notice that no one, that Beyonce has really not had any public, you know, beefs, celebrity beefs, you know. And the reality is she's almost like someone who's untouchable. You know, I could put a status up right now. And, like, one time I put a status up about Beyonce, and it went viral, seen by, like, millions of people. I was like, what the heck? You know what I'm saying? You know, and, like, somebody could tweet about Beyonce, and next thing you know, millions of people are attacking you. They call it the beehive. You know, and it's, it's really ridiculous. She's one of the most loved and, you know, and one of these, you have, but yet, ironically, she's one of the most loved celebrities, but she's one of the most evil celebrities. That's the irony of it all. I'm talking when I say evil, I'm, I mean like the the hidden, you know, but not so hidden, clear and blatant demonic and satanic imagery that she's become known for in her performances, her music videos, her outfits, her hand gestures. Like I mean, she's one of the most evil people. I've ever seen in my life. 
you know, but yet if anyone speaks, see, I don't care about being attacked by a beehive. I don't know what a beehive is. I don't care about that. But some people actually care. That's why they don't speak out against this stuff. You know, Jay-Z is the same way, one of the most evil um, celebrities that you'll ever see. I did, and I posted a link for my special one, you know, really on the 444 album, kind of just dissecting exactly how and why I'm saying he's evil. A lot of people really don't know. A lot of people are not saying, oh, I'm not, I don't really like them per se, but I don't understand why you're saying they're evil. Well, listen to some of these shows and you'll, you'll see. I mean, they put this stuff out there blatantly. See, one of the things, the problem is people don't know evil when they see it. That's another issue. Like, if you can watch a movie straight through and not see any demonic and satanic imagery, that's a problem. If, if you, you know what I mean? Like, the evil is in front of you. If you, can, if you don't see it, you don't know what to look for because they're not hiding it. And we're at a point now where it's more blatant than any time. But if you can watch... TV and, and news reporters and commercials and listen to music and watch videos and not see anything that is the textbook definition of evil, then you must not know what God is. You must not know what good is. Right? I mean, it's, it's got to be a contrast. So because I know what God is and because I know what good is, I'm able to see evil. Like, for example, if you're just living life and you see nothing wrong with Halloween, but then you don't know what Halloween is. You know what I mean? Like you don't. You must not know what what it represents, because it's as evil as it gets. It's a, it's listen. It's a satanic holiday. I don't know how else more to say that. Like look up the Church of Satan. That's it's an actual holiday. Christmas is a Christian holiday, celebrating God. Easter, you know, Resurrection Sunday, whatever you want to call it, that's a Christian holiday, celebrating the life and the love of Jesus Christ. Halloween is celebrating the, the devil <laughs> and demons and darkness. To see how it works, you got to know good to be able to understand evil. You know how the Bible said, I posted this the other day. You can, what did it say? You cannot sit at the table of 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 God and Satan. Right? There can't be light and darkness. Halloween is as dark as it gets. So that's the first one on the list, worshiping Beyonce. And that in and of itself, you know, we hear people talking about, not to get too deep into it today, but, you know, you hear about people using, throwing this term, the Antichrist, around. Right? They just kind of throw it around. It's like, oh, yeah, you're the Antichrist, or, you know, so-and-so is the Antichrist. Nah, you really got to understand what, what the Antichrist is or the or as the Bible describes it as the spirit of the Antichrist. And, and really, essentially, what it is, is it's someone or something that, you know, it, it represents good, but, and everyone thinks that it's good and helpful in, in helping people for talking about a person, but it really is evil. You know, the Bible says the Antichrist is coming, but it's, it's also here already among us. That's what the Bible says. So that means there are a lot of things going on now that have the spirit of the Antichrist that, that's spoken about in the Bible. It says it's coming. Oh, yeah, the Antichrist is coming. It says it's already here. So if it's already here, then who is it? What is it? To understand the answer of that to that question, all you have to do is look around and understand what it represents. Like, oh, okay. 
Oh, people loving Beyonce. Okay, great. That, yeah, that's the spirit of the Antichrist. Okay, people worshiping and loving Barack Obama. You know, oh, that's the spirit of the Antichrist. You, you see, I mean, that's basically what it is. But what else could it be? <laughs> you know what I mean? What does that who, who and what does everyone currently love actually representing something that is not of God? Who, who or what is that? If it's not Obama, if it's not Beyonce, if it's not Jay-Z or people, people and things like that, then you tell me, what is it? What else could it be? Who, who or what is loved by everyone but represents something that is clearly evil and not of God. That's what we have to really understand. You know, and I'm not here to say, oh, this is who it is or this is, but that's, that's something we all have to pray about and really look around and ask ourselves. That's what's uncomfortable to do. Because it's hard to be like, wow, the media says we should love this person, right? Okay, cool, fine. The media says we should love them, fine, let's love them. But what do they represent? And is what they represent of God? Right? That's the that's the question. And it's not a, an antichrist. It may seem complicated to understand, but it's really not. It's really not complicated at all. So y'all get it. So that kind of was number two: loving Obama. You can't be popular on Facebook. That's what the list is: how to be popular on Facebook. You, you got to love Beyonce, right? You got to. <laughs> That's the first thing. You got to love Beyonce. You cannot speak negatively about Beyonce and be loved by Facebook. You cannot not like Barack Obama and be popular on Facebook. You got to love the Obamas. It's funny. This is, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. I have a lot of people on, on social media that, that follow me or that I follow and, you know, connected to in some way. And the craziest thing about it is sometimes I'll click on their page. And it's a lot of people. I have a lot of Facebook friends and, and acquaintances and things like that. But what, I swear to you, every time I do it, I want to say nine out of ten people have the Obamas somewhere in their profile. Like, you know how you click on someone's profile pic and then you kind of sc- scroll through, swipe through to see the other pictures? Why does everyone have the Obamas in their and their profile pics. I'm like, yo, what is that? It's not, but listen, it's not just like a few people. It's like nine out of ten people that I score, that I come in contact with on Facebook. It's amazing. I've never seen anything like it. It's, they have their, they're like their profile pictures. They got Obama with the shades on. You know, that shades on Obama, he's getting out the car looking cool. Then they got the family. I'm like, yo, that you don't you don't even have your kids saved <laughs> your profile pics, but you got the Obamas? You got Sasha and Malia, but where's your kid? Where's your family? Where's your mom? No, man. It's crazy. It's a spirit. And y'all know what spirit I'm talking about. So that's number two. You got to love Obama. Worship Beyonce. Love Obama. But the third one, order to be popular on social media, you've got to hate Donald Trump. Y'all know that, right? You got to. That's just like a, you know what I mean? You, now, watch this. And I'm a very educated person. So you could ask me. We could have a conversation about Donald Trump. You could have a, we could have a conversation about Obama. And I'll tell you everything you want to know. We can have that this debate. We can have that conversation, and it will be a very intellectual conversation. I have no problem with that. But would you believe the vast majority of people 
cannot even tell you why they don't like Donald Trump. They really they can't. It's either he's a racist or he's stupid, you know. And I mean, and it's and but but beyond that, there isn't a lot more to say from from most people. Now again, that's not everybody, but I'm talking about the mass, the vast majority of people, the masses, cannot articulate why they don't like Donald Trump or 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 what specific policies from Donald Trump that they have an issue with. So that's the third thing. You gotta you gotta hate Donald Trump. Okay, you can't be popular on Facebook. You won't get a lot of likes on anything if you don't hate Donald Trump. The fourth thing is you gotta support homosexuality. Right? I mean you've gotta you know, when when the you gotta change your, your, your profile to, to the colors of the flag whenever they tell you the Facebook says we wanna celebrate gay pride. You know, celebrate diversity. The new term. You see, you got to change it. Stop. You got to do that. If you don't do that, you won't be popular. Okay. You won't. You have to. You cannot speak out against what the Bible says about you know homosexuality. You got to have the equal sign. You know how you put those things up there. You got to have the equal instead of the cross. Isn't that amazing? If you if you're given a choice. Because, you know, there's like two different means, I guess. You got the equal sign, but then you got the cross. And you could actually choose which one. Like if you were the type of person that was was actually going to change your profile picture to one or the other, it's amazing that you you have Christians. You have people who actually will tell you they love Jesus Christ and they understand and respect and love the fact and are thankful for the fact that Jesus Christ died on earth the cross for our sins, but they will choose an equal sign over the cross. That's that's deep. Right now, pray for everyone who 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 you know does that. You, there's a choice. Like I don't do anything. I don't not you know my picture is me. You know what I mean? I'm not changing my profile to anything. You know, except my face. But there are people who actually choose to do that. And and just so just pray for people who who in their minds say you know what, nah I, I'm gonna choose this one, I'm gonna choose quality, I'm gonna choose homosexuality, gay rights over Jesus Christ and how he feels about homosexuality. That's a that's a heavy choice to make. I mean it is seriously, and a lot of your friends, a lot of my friends have made that wrong choice. It's not, I mean, it's not funny. I mean, we can joke about it, but it's really not funny that someone would do that but still claim, because in their mind, they're probably thinking, yeah, I chose this. I'm choosing Facebook. I'm choosing social media popularity, you know, but I still love God, and I'm still going to heaven. They're going to be in for a rude awakening. You know, drive carefully. You know what I mean? (laughs) You know, you might not want to get into a car accident you know, that day, because that's a heavy choice to make, not one that I would make ever. And, and just look around. Look at your Facebook friends. Scroll through their profile pics to see, because they don't really do it too much anymore, but around that time when people were, were choosing which which the cross or the equal sign, yo, you might want to reach out to them if you care about them. Like, yo, what's up with that? Let's see what they say. Like, yo, why didn't you make it the cross? 
When you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, what was up with that? How come you chose the equal sign? What's that equal sign about? What's that represent? And just see what they say. Mm-hmm. Now, this thing, you got to watch. In order to be popular on Facebook, you have to adopt whatever show is popular at that time. Because, you know what I mean? Whether it's Game of Thrones, whether it's Power, you know, whether it's, you know, boycotting the NFL. I mean, you know, that, that type of stuff. Oh, that's later on in the list. But, you know, Game of Thrones, like, I don't watch it. I watch, uh, what is it, Walk, The Walking Dead. You know, that's how you got to be popular. You got to watch what everyone's watching. That's how you, that's how you're popular. Get people to relate. You relate to what other people relate to. The next thing is you got to post sexual images on Instagram and Facebook. More, more Instagram than Facebook, though. You know what I mean? Let me keep it real. Like, that's how you look at people. Yeah, I post something on Instagram. I post my kids on Instagram. I get like 10 likes. You know, whatever. I don't. In fact, I care less about that, you know what I mean? But some people, they post it. They go out, they post a, you know, a picture of their trip or their bikini. They got their, their boobs out. They get, like, 200, 300 likes or 1,000 likes. I'm like, that's all it takes? You know, I mean, some people are literally addicted to likes like crack. I don't see what, for the life of me, I don't really see what it, what likes from social media does. Like, I can see you got a dollar per like, a $10 per like, or, or there was actually something that likes represented, um, but it doesn't represent anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't, like, I guess even the fellas, like, y'all liking these women's pics, like, like they're giving you sex just for liking it. Like, yo, you're not going to get sex just for liking someone's picture. You know, um, ironically, a lot of women will give up sex. Because men like the picture. That's the that's the irony there. And it will happen. You know. You know, women many women are, are driven by likes. They come from a history of low self esteem, insecurity. Um, they are not pleased with what they see in the mirror, so they seek out that social media validation. So those likes they they, they fill a void from what they're not receiving in the way of self-esteem. And so in, in, in many cases, they will reward those likes. You made me feel good, so I will make you feel good. That's, that's what, I mean, I've had women actually tell me that. That's the only reason I'm able to, you know, understand that so well, because many women, thousands of women, in fact, have actually said, like, yo, I was raped as a child. My, my innocence was taken. I've hated myself. I was suicidal. I thought I was ugly. So fast forward 20 years, somebody telling them that they're sexy, that they're beautiful, oh, that, that's not just going unnoticed. No, I'm going to give you some ass for that. Give you some sex. Thank you. you know, it's, it's deep. That's the cycle for many, many women. You know, and men, they prey upon that. They prey upon low self-esteem, you know, I don't want to say weak, but damaged women who have been abused, um, manipulated, they prey upon them, and then they just swoop down for the kill. So that's that's, that's how how you're popular, though. You post a million pictures. I mean, just look at some of these Instagram models, you know, Bernice Burgos, you know, some of these other Instagram models, they're not famous for anything other than 
getting a lot of likes. And that we also live in a society where you where celebrities are able to monetize the likes. Like if you get if you have a certain amount of followers, you can monetize that into into advertising and endorsements and club hosting events where you're paid thousands of dollars just because you have likes. So, you know, in those cases, yeah, I mean I can kinda understand it, but it's like, yo, no one's paying you. <laughs> like you're not you might get a thousand likes. You ain't getting no endorsements off of a hundred likes. You showing your body off. You showing your cleavage just for a couple of likes. I posted something online. Where is it at? I said online. Uh, this I posted this on my page. I said, ladies, insecure women show off their breasts and booty, but classy, respectable women don't feel the need to. And so I posted that online. You know, and I, you know, it wasn't a lot of action on my page because y'all know me. It's, you know, it's not. <laughs> People are pretty much used to what I do, and, you know, a lot of times either people give it the thumbs up or they ignore it altogether. But it's not a lot of, like, you know, debate and attacks. We, that was when, you know, 10 years ago. When I first came online, like, posting this type of, oh, my, they were attacking me and calling me names and all that. Now it's just like, oh, okay, there he goes again, you know. But I, now what I do is I go into some of these, these sex groups, you know, like the, these worldly secular group groups where, you know, it's just – People are there to hook up, and I'll just come and throw a whole wrench in the equation. Uh, and they, you know, they get they just attack me. Like this one group, I won't put the name out there, but I posted that same advice. All I said was, insecure women show off their breasts and booty. Classy, respectable women don't feel the need to. Now, I would think that that's pretty much common sense, straightforward advice. Nothing really to debate there. I think there was something like 250 likes, might be more than that, closer to 300 at this point. But it's also at this point, it's like 400 or 500 comments, you know, from people just, you know, attacking me, clicking on my wife's page, you know, um, talking about my kids, calling me names, like just all types of stuff, calling me judgmental, saying I'm bad. I'm like, whoa, I'm basically giving biblically-based advice here. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's pretty common sense. If you're secure with yourself, you don't feel the need to seek attention by showing off your body, they're telling me why they should be allowed to show their body and why men shouldn't be able to dictate. And I'm like, whoa. But, yeah, that's how it is when you're not happy with yourself. You know? So that's number six. Posting sexual images on Instagram and Facebook. Will you be popular and accepted on social media? The next one was taking a million selfies. Doesn't the Bible say something there will be about there be there will come a time when people will become lovers of themselves? I don't have the scripture there um, in front of me, but I absolutely know that there's a scripture that speaks about that. And it says there will come a time, you know, and we are in that place where, I mean, everything's a selfie. We love looking in the mirror. We love, you know, just talking about ourselves and, that's where we're at right now. So when you when you show that you love yourself, you're showing your booty, your body, your breasts, you're, you're taking selfies all the time, you know, that's a great way to be. You know, there's a new thing. Everybody says there's a new thing, Facebook Live. That's what I want to talk about. Instagram Live. What is that? What is Instagram Live? What is Facebook Live? We're lovers of ourselves. It's not, see, it's all satanic. It's all demonic. 
might not seem like it, but it is. Think about it. Because the Bible speaks about, you know, humility and how we should not be lovers of ourselves and not loving things of this world. What do we do? We just go become vain and, and, and egotistical. We take a million selfies of ourselves. I'm saying, like, just taking pictures of yourself all day, every day, looking at yourself all day, not helping each other, not, not helping the homeless, not helping those other children, but just looking at yourself all day. But now it's not enough to just look at yourself. Now we, we need to actually talk to ourselves, right? We have to actually talk about nothing. You know, one of the things that we do, you know, people do, is they're doing these IG lives, these Facebook lives, and they're just, they're not even doing anything. You ever watch, you ever watch somebody's live? <laughs> it's the funniest thing. They just like talk, they just sit, you know, with the camera up and they'll look at the comments and they'll just respond to the comments. Just wait for people to talk to them. It's like, wait, why are you even, like me right now, like I'm not, I'm here talking about specific things that I want to talk about. You know, but people go on Facebook Live without anything to talk about and just talk to people about them talking about nothing. And half the, you know, half the people can't even read. But please, don't do Facebook Live if you can't read. Like, some of y'all can't even read the comments. Y'all are trying to read the comments. Or if you can't see, like, you know, get glasses and learn how to read. Stop trying to read the comments and interact with people if you can't read. If my daughter can read better than you, please don't do Facebook Live and try to read and respond to every comment that comes through. It, may, it looks ridiculous. If you can't see, stop doing Facebook Live trying to read the small comments on your two-inch cell phone. Okay? Get the upgrade. Upgrade the phone. Get a bigger screen. Do it from your laptop. Something. <laughs> Y'all see. I don't know what I'm talking about. But taking a million selfies is absolutely you know, Facebook Live, IG, all that is rolled up into one is a great way to become popular on Facebook. Posting crude memes, right? You can't be popular on Facebook if you don't post and repost crude and slightly offensive memes. Not, not offensive to the point where someone would delete you or look at you like you're crazy, but just slightly offensive, a little disgusting. You know what I mean? A little sexual. Something that'll tell people, oh yeah, she's a freak. Yeah, she's married or yeah, she's single, but yeah, she's she's uh she's got a little freak in her. That's it, or he's got a little freak in her, you know, or it's all the same. That's an absolutely great way to be. But you know, you gotta stay away from the Bible verses. Right? Stay away from the Bible verses. That that is a great way to not be popular on social media. Right? You gotta focus on the crude and slightly offensive memes, and that's how you become popular on, on social media. No, you know, self-help advice, no Bible verses, you know, uh, Bible-related, uh, you know, annotations, none of that. You know what I'm saying? You got to chill. All right, what else? Another thing is, uh, number eight, travel to popular spring break destinations. You know what I mean? Uh Cancun, Jamaica, um, you know, wherever you want to go, Bahamas, and then post all your pictures. You know, that's a great way to to for people to flock to you. You know, a lot of people may live vicariously through you. Forget the celebrities because you're, remember, you are now popular 
And a lot of people who may not be as popular, they're now, you know, flocking to you to see what you have going on. That's how you become popular. You know, travel to these destinations and uh, and post all your pictures. Instagram, Snapchat, you know. Snapchat, that's just a stupid one. I'm not on Snapchat. I don't know nothing about it. My wife does it, but it just, you know, it seems kind of stupid. Listen, can I tell you something? Listen, listen. I'm not on Snapchat, but some of these, I can't talk about the men because I don't really see too many men doing it, but some of y'all are so insecure about how you look. You know what I mean? You've got to, no disrespect, and this is no disrespect to anyone, but if you think you look better with dog ears, if you think you look better with that stupid flower thing around your head, or making your eyes look lighter with these with these filters and these Snapchat filters. Like, that's a real problem. Because some of y'all just take it, like, that should not be your main profile picture. I'm not here to tell y'all what, but I'm just telling you. Like, if that's your main profile picture, that reeks of low self-esteem. Like, y'all are posting these images. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's like... You, some of y'all really think y'all look better. Not y'all, but you know what I mean. People, they think they look better as, as these animals. Listen, animals are not sexy. Those Snapchat filters do not make you look sexy and desirable. Okay? They just make you look weird. And the last one, the last um, you know, way to become popular on Facebook is to repeat popular catchphrases made famous by these C and D list celebrities. Case in point, you got Tamar Braxton. You know, she's got a million and one catchphrases that I've now heard on social media from all types of people, different people saying this, acting like it's their own, you know, everything is lit. You know, uh, it's going to be a lituation. It's going to be a movie, uh, turn up, I want you guys to stop, okay? Stop using these. You will never hear me using these terms. I mean, and, and I get it. Like, the kids are doing this stuff, but you're 40 years old. You're freaking 50 years old talking about something that's lit. What the heck are you talking about? You know what I mean? You're talking about you're turning up this weekend, turning up how you're 50, you're 42 years old. If you're 40 years old, I'm going to put this on my Facebook. There's a problem if you're 50 years old going to Powerhouse. I watched somebody else put that on their status two minutes later just because I just said it. I'm still going to put it. Y'all know that happens, right? There are people who act like they don't listen to the show, then their status update is about things I've talked about on this show. It's crazy. But, yeah, man, come on. Like you're, you're you're going to see these these kids. You got moms, you got grandmoms going to powerhouse or whatever the big concert is in your the urban concert in your city is. Just so happens to be powerhouse here in Philadelphia. We gotta stop it. All right, guys. <laughs> I mean, it's like, at some point the BS has to stop. Be original. You know, there are certain phrases that I've actually come up with but I've stopped using specifically because they've been stolen by people who 
follow me on social media. Like I'm talking about stole like certain hashtags. I'm not even gonna say them, but certain hashtags that I know for a fact no one was saying before I started them, and then all of a sudden people are using them. Like in in the same exact way that I it's like come on, like just you gotta stop. Um, what else? But yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, so that's the the good thing about this stuff is these are the ways that you can be popular on Facebook. The good thing is that hopefully we're not doing any of these things because we as believers are not focused on being celebrities. We're not focused on being popular, but hopefully we're focused on pleasing God. I mean, I would hope that that would be the the goal. Um, I would hope that that would be everyone's plan and what's most important, but I think that we all know that that's not uh, the case. Oh, boy, what else? Real quick, I want to talk about – I posted a few good Ask uh, Daydon questions on, 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 uh, in the Friends of the Daydon Tolbert Show group. And a couple of them I just wanted to briefly go over because there was a pretty good debates on, on both of them. The first one was a situation uh, regarding uh, whether or not something was cheating or not. We live in a society where, you know, everything is friends with benefits. You know, there aren't a lot of actual relationships now. So you see the lines being blurred, you know, what's good, what's, what's okay, what's not okay, what's cheating, what's not cheating. There was a question posted, and it was basically, is it cheating for a woman who, and I'm just going to paraphrase, I don't have the actual question in front of me, but basically, um, if a woman is out and she's dating someone, okay, she is talking to someone or in a relationship, it doesn't really specify, but she's dating someone or in a relationship with someone, and she meets someone that she's attracted to, and, but she tells the person that she's involved. Is it cheating if the person says, here, take my number and, and put it in your phone if things don't go the way that you planned? If the person, if the woman puts that phone number into her phone on, with that assumption, like, okay, I'm going to call you if things don't work out, is that cheating? And there were mixed responses on the, uh, on the thread, but I ha- I'm here to tell you all <laughs> that, Unfortunately, absolutely, that's cheating. Now, let me let me preface that for a second. It's cheating if there is an actual relationship. One of the things that we're, we're seeing in today's society, like I said earlier, we're seeing more and more friends with benefits, meaning there's a friendship. There is, it's not a, a defined relationship. So, no, it's not cheating if there is no actual relationship, if there's no exclusivity, if there's no monogamy. No, it's not cheating because you're just playing the game. At that point, you're just, you're just kind of hedging your bet a little bit. Okay, so if things don't work out with this person, then, you know, I can maybe have someone else to slide over into if things don't work out or when things don't work out. No, that's not cheating. No, that is absolutely emotional unavailability that, will, that does leave many women single. Okay, and you're not going to ever have love if you if you don't if you do that type of behavior. But is it cheating per se? No, that's not cheating. Now, if you are actually in a relationship, okay, and there is exclusivity, you guys have had that conversation. You know that that places boundaries on, you know what's going on. 
between the two of you, then yes. My definition of cheating is doing something or anything that is classified as um, you're hiding something. You are sneaking around. You are being deceitful. If you do something that you consciously know will will your mate will not be happy with and you continue to do that is you're cheating. You, you understand that? And so if you cheat, then I mean, you know, if you're if you're making that decision to do something that you know your your spouse, your mate is not okay with, that's cheating. But if there is no spouse, if there is no mate, if there is no significant other, then you can't really say that that's cheating. If there is an agreement or like open relationships, I'm still going to do that show on discussing open relationships. If you're in an open relationship and you have sex with someone, is that wrong? Are we, if we're talking about the Bible, if we're talking about two Christians and you're in an open relationship, that's a problem in and of itself. So, yes, it's wrong. Yes, it's infidelity, you know, but that is not cheating. If you decide to play spades with the faces up, is that in your? And I look at your cards to see what you have. Am I cheating? No, because there's an agreement there. If two people decide to separate, I say I, we're together. I don't want to be with you anymore. Fine, I don't want to be with you anymore. Fine, we're gonna go our separate ways. I'm gonna call the divorce lawyer, Tamar and Vince. If Tamar sleeps with somebody tonight, is she cheating on Vince? No, because they're not together. Now, watch this: Is she committing adultery? Absolutely, because they're still married. So this, all forms of adultery are not is not cheating. Cheating is something done with with you're you're doing something that you don't think your spouse is going to find out about. You're trying not to get caught. If you're just you're having sex with somebody else and you've already agreed to go your separate ways, fine. I don't care who you see. I don't care who you see. Fine. I'm, we're just gonna let's call the lawyers tomorrow. You just said you don't care what the person does. So you know what I mean. What you do is what you do. Not cheating. That's my thoughts on it. So I'm going to get ready to wrap it up. Um, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. I want to uh, thank you guys for listening to real radio that matters, um, not just foolishness, not just, you know, because, I mean, no disrespect, but I think we can all agree that talk radio, um, as we used to know it, I am breed. You know, now everything is about jokes. It's about sensationalism. It's about gossip. Everyone is trying to fit in. Everyone is trying to be popular. Fortunately for me, I'm not really worried about being popular. I'm not really worried about, I mean, this is my 12th year. I could end the show today and feel pretty happy about what I've accomplished over the years. But, you know, the the reason why I do this show now as often as I do it, which is not as often as it was, is because, I can just talk about what I want to talk about. You know what I mean? It's not, I'm not driven by ratings. I'm not driven by advertising dollars. I'm not here to break any records. You know, I started this whole thing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's no, that's not, I'm not saying that in a braggadocious way. I'm just, you know what I mean? Like I was one, I'm one of the first, this show is one of the first podcasts in history. You know what I mean? There were no podcasts when I first started. There was no, everything was AM and FM radio. So I don't really feel like I have anything to prove. Um, you know, you you go online, you hear people reading these advertisements, reading these commercials that somebody paid them to read. I started that. 
People used to laugh at my wife for reading the commercials. I remember that. Who remembers that? When, when Danny used to read my commercials, I used to get paid to read commercials from small businesses. I had a sales team. We would make money from, from advertising. Like, that was her reading those commercials back in the day. Now, and people used to make fun of me for having her do that. Now, that's the model. That's the podcast model now. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm, I'm not here to prove anything. So I just want to thank you guys. So I thank you guys for continuing to listen uh, over the years and support over the years. Um, you know, because unfortunately, there are things that still need to be discussed, you know, from a biblical standpoint. There are things that still need to be discussed from a non-mainstream media standpoint when discussing politics, when discussing social activism, you know, because there's an agenda being pushed. And if you don't, whether it's me or other people similar to me, you got to hear that, that alternate side, you know. So I thank you guys for listening. Um, I'm still continuing my, my uh, fall special. If you guys are seeking relationship advice, counseling, uh, going into the new year, you want, you're tired of being single, you want love, you're ready for a man, tired of being used, maybe you've been in a domestic violence situation, you know, uh, reach out, 855-55-DATON, at gmail, and um, we can get started, free consultations. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time. If you feel weak, I guarantee it will 
Motivation, validate on top of motivating. 